now transmitting the Mint Condition Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 282 of the Men Dish Podcast right here on Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. That's what we're doing. That's where we are right now. I'm Scott the Bot Savage along with... Sweet Wade. And... Scott's ever-changing facial hair. <laughs> You're going to reference something they can't even see. What the fuck? What is well, your you, problem? Well, Scott, you could always well, take a picture. Well, now you can take a picture. And post Actually, it. I already have pictures, so I'll put Hold on. I'll Hold on. Hold on. I'll, I'll take a picture right now. Live. There we go. <clears throat> and then also, the picture that will be on Instagram, you all will know I have a MacBook. Because um, he's a... You see the keyboard. He, yeah, he, he got that. He got that on his hipster trip to Malaysia uh, last year. So, I've, had, uh, I've had this thing for like five years. Now I think about it. Yeah. Uh, don't go. He had, he had it before. Um, but you know the interesting thing about episode two twenty uh, two eighty two is right. It backwards is the same number. Yeah, palindromes for the win. Uh, yeah. it, but but it upside down is not the same number. Right. Yeah. But but the eight is though. But diamond upside down is a pussy. Is a pussy. <clears throat> yeah, so we we have done things. Yes. Things that it. some of us did not think <laughs> we would ever do again ever in life. Yeah. Uh, at least in my opinion. I don't know about you guys, but for me, things. I uh I watched uh well last night as of this recording. I watched uh, Impact Wrestling Slammiversary pay-per-view. I uh, I never – I think the last – funny enough, the last pay-per-view I watched of theirs, really the last event I watched. Was it the first was. anthem? No, it was uh, Slammiversary of uh, 2018. I thought he was about to say, like, Slammiversary last year. It's like, wow, a whole year. Okay, wow. No, no, I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was, and I'm glad it wasn't, because the main event was Brian Cage versus Michael Elgin, and fuck Michael Elgin. Um, yes, fuck. Nothing Michael. against Brian Cage. Love Cage. Got the Cage rage. It's just, don't much care for Michael Elgin. Used to. So I found out he was a scumbag. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no. I uh, actually enjoyed the show. Get into it a little more later on, but... Again, if you'd have told me... Literally, if you'd have told me not just, like, Two years ago, if you told me two weeks ago, Scott, you're gonna watch an Impact Wrestling pay per view and you're gonna have a good time, I'd have said you were crazy because I, that was not in my plans. Not in my plans. I mean, I, honestly, I was so hyped after that show that I decided that the next night he DVR'd the next Impact. 
Oh, no, I'm actually going to watch it. Apparently, they still uh, live stream on Twitch. So if that's the case, I'm going to watch it live as it airs. Well, as it airs, because I think they ta- it's a taped show. But nevertheless, I am going to watch that. But I said, fuck it. You know what? I, you know what? I was surprisingly impressed with Slammiversary. I'm going to watch Extreme Rules tomorrow night. So next week, because I, I wasn't going to watch it. I really wasn't going to watch it. I thought tonight. It, I, Wait, well, no, you're, no, you're no, wrong. No, no, Well, I have mentioned as of this recording, brother. The, well, the problem is tonight. But, but Scott, it, you got it wrong. It's the horror show, Extreme Right, Rules. the horror show at Extreme Rules. Hold on, hold on. I'm still confused with this whole talk here, Scott. You said as of this recording, it's tomorrow. No, so no, no. Next week. I said <laughs> as of this recording, Slammiversary was yesterday. I said to myself while watching Slam after Slammiversary, oh, okay, oh, I'm going to okay. watch. Okay. 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 Now I'm getting okay. Yeah, the horror show. We got to – well, we. I think next week we do have to cover the eye for the eye match. Because I was going to say, that's all. Literally was the match that had me not want to watch it, but the Swamp Fight – has me wanting to watch it. I don't it. know, Scott. The Eye for an Eye match is the only thing that keeps me wanting to watch it. I have not watched Raw or SmackDown in uh no, hear me out on this. Is my curiosity peaked? Yes. But it's for all the wrong reasons. See, the Swamp Fight, I'm interested because I, I, I want to see what goes on because I like Bray and I like Braun. And you like Swamp. But the thing is, my like of Ray and Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins has nothing to do with it. I just want to see what batshit crazy way they do this whole match. Like You're gonna remove a person's eyeball. That's how you win the match. Let me put it this way. I'm watching the swamp fight because I'm legitimately interested. I'm watching eye for an eye almost ironically. Ironically? Ah uh, that's the name of the episode there. Thanks Joe. He gets it. He got what I was doing there. Um um but yeah so uh nice little wrestling uh Nice little wrestling weekend. Uh, oh, I did. Um, there's pictures on my Instagram at uh, MK Scott MCP. Uh, on my Instagram, uh, Caitlin and I we went to the uh, Hello Kitty food truck. So full disclosure, I'm a massive Hello Kitty fan. A and uh, I have a I have a tattoo of Hello Kitty dressed as Superman on my leg. I'm proud of it, mind you. Now and, uh, you got that at a tattoo party. Uh, was it really a party, or was it just our friend's girlfriend was coming over and practicing tattoos? Yeah, and uh, well, it all started because Redman, Scotty Bones, who's been on the show, he'll be on the show future. Friend it's, of the pod. Your friend of the pod. Uh, he was like, I'm going to get a tattoo. Let's all get tattoos. And he is the only one in the group that did, get, that did not know, get a right? tattoo. I know, right? I think Scott, uh, the person that gave us tattoos, if you're listening, we love you, but the tattoo was... Um, the tattoo of my leg is not that good. Um, my, mine turned out okay. Yeah, yours yours is the best one of the group. Everyone else's, well, Roxy got on her uh, finger, and that was. Uh, you know, I wish I still had my, I wish I still had my old phone just for that video. If I come across it, because I'm pretty sure my mom saved it and has it somewhere. If I come across that old that phone, I'm gonna charge <laughs> it and see if the video is still oh, there because that was. I thought. I thought you were like, she had, probably has it somewhere, like it's an old, like, children's picture album or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, in the, the, ad, it's in the attic. Really quick. But, um, but yeah, so uh, the Hello Kitty food trucks uh, came to the, the mall in Columbia. 
uh, and uh, it was it was great. Uh, we learned our Kayla and I learned our lesson from last time. We decided to go uh, 90 minutes early, and in doing so, we were only like the 10th person in line, people in line. So uh, that worked out, and um, they have like little cakes, cookies, uh, macaroons. If you, if you like macaroons, which I like macaroons. I'm a fan of. Uh, you can get those, and they've got uh, they've got merch. They've got um, a T-shirt which I've got, which I purchased. They've got a plushie. They've got water bottles. They've got uh, all kinds of fun little things. Um, if you miss your chance, you can go to the uh, Hello Kitty Cafe website, and you can get all the merch that they sold. So if it's not coming, if the truck isn't coming to your town, or you missed it, and you want some of the merch that they were selling, you can get it on their website. Um, it is a touring thing, so it looks like they've got like two. Two, maybe three or four trucks going at one time for this tour because it looks like each day of the tour they got two tr- a truck in two different places. So uh, July 25th, uh, the Hello Kitty truck is going to be in Philadelphia and in uh, Texas. So if you're in Philadelphia and uh, uh, Friendswood, Texas, to be specific, it said Texas. Yeah, te- in the original. Texas is a is, Texas is a pretty big area. Well, no, it only said Texas when, on the on the uh, the right in the thumbnail. Um, so yeah, so July 25th, it's going to be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Friendswood, Texas, respectively. August 1st, it's going to be in Dallas, Texas. Uh, excuse me. Technically Dallas, but in Plano, Texas, which is a suburb of, of Dallas. Yep. Um, and uh, Edison, New Jersey, I've been to Edison, it's nice, at the Menlo Park Mall. Uh, August 8th, it's going to be in uh, Paramus, New Jersey, as well as Fort Worth, Texas, also on the 8th. And on August 15th, it's going to be in uh, New York City and uh, Leewood, Kansas. So, uh if you're listening and that's near you, you know, go out. It's a lot of fun. Um, I don't not, know. I don't know if they have merch, but what? We're not sponsored by Hello Kitty Food Truck. We're also not sponsored by Edison, New Jersey. <laughs> but I mean, if the Hello Kitty Food Truck or Edison, New Jersey wants to sponsor us, what's going on, guys? Uh, but yeah, so if it's in your town, go stop by. Um, just know that, like, you want to be there early because that shit will sell out. Um, they actually sold out. They were supposed to be there from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., and they sold out around, like, 2. We so, should, uh, <clears throat> I think Mink and Dish, we should go on the road. We should have a Mink and Dish food truck. And the only food we give is food for thought. Oh, I thought we were going to give them mints. <laughs> no, you have to buy mints. No, food for thought, they're, they're more, uh, <laughs> interesting it's more interesting more interesting like you just, it would just be scott giving daily affirmations because like, I'm enough i'm smart enough and doggone it people like me it's just like uh so i'm having trouble with like my home life and you'd be like have you seen full house <laughs> and i'll be like well you know that's okay um but um we don't let it bother us no we don't it's like, I don't uh, know if you can my, my facial hair is bothering me. Scott's going to be like, shaving the mutton chops. I mean, I mean, between the two of us, you have be- the better facial hair for... Actually, both of you have better facial hair for mutton chops than I do. But yet, And yet, here I am with them. 
Yeah. Although uh, I fucked up one of them, so uh... <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> I noticed. So, uh, funny, I noticed when you noticed that it was messed up. No, no, well, I knew it was messed up. No, I, I knew it was messed up when I did it. It's um, the audience. The audience listening. You know how mutton chops go? They go to like down the uh, the, like, the side to the fi- finish on the cheek, right? Uh they usually look like an L or something like that. Scott's looks like, you know those pipes, those wood pipes? No. Like you, know, you, you no. put mouth, those pipes you put in your mouth that goes down and it, like comes back up. Like no. What is this? What is this thing you're talking about? Hi, uh like a uh, smoke pipe, Scott. Smoke like, pipe. Like, oh, 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 you oh, you mean a tobacco pipe? Yes. Oh my god. Guys, yeah. I'm trying to go like saxophone or something. A saxophone, yes, it looks like a saxophone. Wade, you're literally as bad as Robert Rodriguez when it comes to explaining shit. I don't know if I told you about this, but uh, a while back, actually, I checked my memories. It was it was like a year or two ago today. So Kayla and I watched uh, the movie Shorts, the final kids movie that Robert Rodriguez ever made, and this motherfucker thinks he's like reinventing the fucking wheel. So these kids are in the movie, right? And they're and and let me ask you something. If you guys want to challenge someone to a staring contest, how would you challenge someone to a staring contest? Stare at them. Well, yeah, but if you wanted to initiate it, wouldn't you say, "Hey, let's oh, you, you take off your glove and slap him in the face." No, that's a duel. It's a it's a it's a, it's a staring duel. But I'm saying, if I want to have a staring contest with you, Wade, I would say, "Hey, Wade, you want to have a staring contest?" And I would say, "No." Well, well, Robert Rodriguez is like, you know what? I'm going to reinvent the staring contest. So these kids are like, he's like, hey, do you want to play a game of see who blinks first? It's like, fuck you, Robert Rodriguez. Dumb fuck. Speaking of blinking. And I like Robert Rodriguez. So, so, so if anyone wants to like uh, snitch tweet this to him, just know I, I, I do like Robert Rodriguez. I'm just joking. Speaking of blinking, uh, <clears throat> so I don't did know you how... say Abe Lincoln? That's funny, Scott, because <clears throat> I don't think Diana has revealed to me she has never watched a Mel Brooks movie. Oh my God! But... Don't tell me you watched. We did. Robin Hood. Yes. Dude, I just watched that. <clears throat> Was it last night? Two nights ago. Ah. Uh, so oh, a little back. Maybe I'm watching it tonight, huh? So backstory. Yes. She's, <laughs> I didn't she's know never, about this. She's never watched uh, a Mel Brooks movie. No, it's, she. We later found out that she saw when she was a kid. She went to Jumpers Hall, Jumpers Hole, the theater there, like a three dollar theater, and watched Dracula oh. Dead and Loving It. Oh, I remember ju- the the theater in Jumpers Hole Road. <clears throat> yeah, so she watched. I, the, I remember oh, Dracula Dead and Loving It. Her only Mel Brooks movie she's seen is Dracula Dead and Loving It. I mean, no disrespect to the worst one. But, like, it's all uphill from there. It's not, but the thing is, it's not a bad movie if, like, someone else made it. It's that Mel Brooks made it. It's also, if that's your first experience with him, I could understand not wanting to invest time into his other works. Well, what's weird is, like, it so feels like a Zucker Brothers movie. Like it, it yeah. feels like it could fit in with like Naked Gun and Hot Shots. Didn't they? Did they co-write it with him or work on it? If they did, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean in the official 
officially, did they? I don't know. Cause it, cause like from what I never seen the whole movie. From what I feel, it definitely feels like it feels like, like a Zuka Brothers movie. Yeah, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like what I have seen, it felt like if they're like they came off Naked Gun and they're like, okay, we've done what we can with Naked Gun. Let's do Dracula. Fuck it. <clears throat> but uh, this all started because she wanted to watch Blazing Saddles and Letterboxd does not update their streaming services. That it's like it would say, oh, it's available on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. It is available on Netflix. Not anymore. Are you kidding me? They took it off. It was. They took oh, it wait, off. Wait, it might be on Hulu. Caitlin and I just watched it not too not, long ago. It's not on Hulu either. It might they be on HBO Max. They took it off recently. Like, it's like probably this past month. Um, so we settled for Spaceballs. Why don't you just Netflix. buy all these movies? Please? I have Blazing Saddles, but we Blazing were. Blazing Saddles. We were. We were. Oh, my God. That's what that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna call that's what we're gonna call this press people. That's a blazing satyr right there. Uh I have it on Blu-ray, but we weren't wa- we weren't together at the time. We were watching it. We were gonna do live text while watching a movie. You know? Oh, okay. We were gonna do that. <clears throat> Yo, but what if you set up your camera so it faced the TV? You could have skyped it, yeah. Anyway, the point oh, is, dude, you could have pirated. Well, we you could you film the whole movie with film the whole movie with your camera, send her the file, and then watch it together. Totally not pirating, by the way. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Well, um, no, I think it. Oh wait, wait. Is it only pirating if you if you offer it to the public? I doubt it. So does she not count as the public? No, no, she doesn't. Not part of the public, Wade. Okay. But anyway, <clears throat> we saw for oh, Spaceballs. You think, but not we the s- public. We saw. <laughs> 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 we saw for Spaceballs, and I haven't watched Spaceballs in years. Yeah. Uh, it still stand, it still holds through. There's one joke I still have no fucking. Wait, clue. oh, oh, you uh, oh, you didn't watch Robin Hood Men in Tights. We did. Oh, okay, okay. I'll do a backstory here. Okay, 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 okay. There's one joke on Spaceballs. I have, still have no clue what it means. I can't wait to explain it. <clears throat> um, so when they are about to do Mega Maid, they're about to start the Mega Maid transformation. Yeah. Rick Moranis says, Ready, Kafka? And then Mel Brooks looks at him like, what the hell? And I'm just like, I don't get it. So he says, ready, Kafka? Yeah. And Have you ever like, looked up Kafka or Kafka? I'm looking up. I've been looking up, and it, it doesn't really give me anything. Joe's like, shit, I don't get it either. I'll have to rewatch it. I don't remember this joke, so. Yeah. Maybe this is a, a like, a, what's it, a Mandela effect, where that joke never existed until... Yeah, it's, it's, it's on the 30th anniversary Blu-ray. George Lucas came in to add that joke. <laughs> but wait, but wait. Merchandising. But wait. Merchandising. But wait, what did you think of the news review of Rocky Five? Thousand. Thousand. Oh. <laughs> but Diana really loved the uh, the the Will Hurt scene. Not again. Oh. 
Not again. It's John Hurt, Wade. John Hurt, sorry, John Hurt. Will, Will Hurt is, is American. Well, 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 well I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Joe, when an alien pops out of your chest, you will hurt. Not again. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. One joke that always, one joke that kills me a lot, I don't know why it still kills me, uh, is the stunt double joke. Oh, fuck yeah. It's fu- because it's, it's not the cool. stunt doubles. But, but Wade, I am your father's brother's cousin's former roommate. So what does, what does that, that make us? Absolutely nothing. <clears throat> um, but <laughs> um, also another little side side joke I never noticed. Uh, I guess a stu- I don't know why I didn't notice it, but when you're looking for Spaceballs the movie, it says Mr. Rental at the top. Yeah, I didn't notice that. It was like a little tip. Oh, I didn't notice that Mr. Rental. Yeah, wait. Everything cheering and bubbling. You call that a radar? No, nope. sir. We call it Mr. Coffee. Mr. Coffee. Care for <clears throat> something, sir? I always, I always uh, drink coffee when I watch Radar. Everyone knows that. Of course we do, sir! <clears throat> um, you but can yeah, tell like, this movie. <laughs> yeah, but so one day I brought over to her apartment, I brought over Blazing Saddles, so we're watching on Blu-ray, but I want to keep it here, and she's like, or we, you could have just kept it at your place, and we could have watched it there, and I'm like, and I stare at her blankly like, I guess you're right. <clears throat> so I just leave it there. Yesterday she comes over. Uh, I forget the reason why. Oh, we were just gonna hang out. She's your girlfriend. You no, know, there's a reason why she came over here specifically. Oh, she had to do laundry. That's what it was. No, we were gonna hang out regardless. I'm just saying. Oh, why did she come over here? So wait, if so, you're gonna come regardless, then why were you wondering why she was there? I was more wondering, like, because I could have went. Specifically, she had to come here. Not me go over there. That's the point I'm trying Wait, to make. Wait, I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be real with you. The 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 rules and regulations of your relationship are just they're not ideal. Anyway. They're, all, uh, they're not what you would call normal, kosher. So yesterday she came over and uh we're like, Oh, let's watch we can watch Blazing Saddles and I was like, Oh, I left the Blu-ray at your place. So we settled for Robin Hood Men in Tights, because that's on Hulu. Uh, you don't settle for Robin Hood Men in Tights. You choose Robin Hood Men in Tights. Okay. It's such like a circuitous way to get to that part of the story. <clears throat> that was the so how did Robin Hood go? Movie. But basically, uh, well, it's t- it ties to Blazing Saddles because there is a black sheriff. He's black. <laughs> oh, that's that's what started with Blinken. Black. I probably watched Robin Hood Men in Tights the whole way through one time ever when I was a kid, but I always watched little parts on Comedy Central. Oh, dude, Robin Hood Men in Tights, if that was on TV, that was appointment television, dude. Uh, like, like, I forgot about Blinken. <laughs> like, when he, catches the arrow, when he catches the arrow, and, and, and he's like, oh my god, you caught it, how'd you see it? And it's like, oh, I heard it. That's awesome, Blinken. Who said that? <laughs> I, was oh, like, I, I forgot. I, I, I forgot I, I, about when he falls out of the tree and he's like, "I can see," and then he just smacks right into a tree. Never mind. Uh, uh, one part I forgot about. I must have blacked out on it. But the Don Giovanni stuff. <laughs> they cut out his tongue. 
because he went and then they cut it out. I thought that was I teased him all the time. Dirty Ezio. I thought he was Clint Eastwood for a minute. Dude, no joke. The thing that I told Caitlin, to me what makes that, that particular part of it so great is, could you imagine a guy who looks like Clint Eastwood going, <laughs> and they have, was it, what was it, Filthy Luca or whatever his name was? Uh, I think it was. Yeah. I think it was either Dirty <laughs> Luca or Filthy Luca, something like that. It has that. to be Filthy because Dirty Ezio. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. But Tom DeLuise like, would you shut up? I'm gonna, uh, you know, it's my, I'm gonna say that. Uh, uh so good. <clears throat> like, uh, Achu. That, that joke is so stupid, but it, it, they, they dedicate to that joke. Wait, I, got, I wanna ask you, okay? Because I could see, because you said you've only seen it like maybe once, maybe twice, every once in a while. Please tell me you noticed when Dave Chappelle got his Robin Hood hat. It's a hat, yeah. It's like a. Well, you did notice cap. it was a. It had the snapback, right? Yeah, it's a, ba- a, a backwards cap, yeah. Okay, thank mm. God, thank God, because if you didn't notice that, I was gonna have to smack you through the screen. No, that's that's the one thing <laughs> I remember. <clears throat> uh, dude, dude, little the fight with Little John. Yeah. Is like my favorite moment in the whole, the whole movie. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. I can't swim. <laughs> I just love that line. It's just like, my name's Little John. Don't let my name fool you. I'm very big. Uh, what I do love is, it's funny because me and Dinah, she watched Princess Bride for the first time a couple of weeks ago. And it's funny that uh, they got Carrie Elways to be Robin Hood after yeah. he did Princess Bride a couple of years ago before that. I mean, so it was funny. Well, not only that, but Wade, unlike other Robin Hoods, he can speak with an English accent. Yes. Ooh. Also, <laughs> but dude, also, oh, dude, dude, Richard Lewis as, yeah. as Prince John yes. was fantastic. Yeah. Every, everything about him was great. The I hope all that noise is worth it. The best, the best, the best part is when they do like the uh, the Igor thing with the hump, but with him it's the mole, and he's like, he's like, sire, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't your mole over here? I have a mole. I have a mole. <laughs> also, Patrick, also Patrick Stewart. It's Patrick like, Stewart is I have to kiss, I have to kiss the bride, and they're just like, what? And uh, oh my god, who was the dude? I think we can all agree the legit best character in the whole movie was the sheriff of Rottingham. Yes, walk this way. <laughs> uh, played by Roger Reese. He's only done theater. He hasn't. I've looked him up because I didn't know who he was either. He has only done really theater and stage work. Yeah, like he's had. I mean, he ha- he's had like bit parts on like TV shows here and there, uh, but he's great. Like real like roles. He didn't do much. I mean, it was like his last. His last actual movie was because he he passed away uh, not too long ago. I think. Well, no, it looks like ten like ten years ago. I guess the best uh, the best lo- the best joke <clears throat> underlying joke I never noticed until I guess I'm older now is the bagel and locks joke. The bagel and locks joke. Yeah, it's uh. <clears throat> Mary- I knew it. I knew that. Was, I knew her name was a bagel reference. I knew it. And he's Locksley. Locksley locks. 
No, 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 no. Now that I know that her her name like Bagel is supposed to be like Bagel, now I get it. But like I, yeah. I just kept like I kept thinking like, is that what they're doing, or is this just like a pure coincidence? <clears throat> oh. Oh my God, I I can't talk about movies anymore. Yeah, I'm gonna leave that up. Diana's the one that caught the joke. I didn't catch the joke until she brought it up. On her first viewing ever, she caught that joke. I'm like, oh man. So next we gotta see. She's never seen Young Frankenstein too. Wait a minute, does that mean Diana's low key Jewish? Huh? She doesn't look Jewish. Oh, wrong movie. Wrong movie. By the way, I did find out the origin of that joke, Wade, in Spaceballs. Oh, you did? Yeah, it is it is a Kafka reference, like I said, and it's because she's about to transform, which is uh, a reference to the story Metamorphosis. Oh, okay. That is there's, such there's a reference. It's a very oblique reference, and, and that's where I was like, are you sure you don't mean Kafka? Because I'm pretty sure that's what they're going for. Yeah, it was just like... I, I still had no clue what that joke was. Like, what? That's a that's a that's a interesting one. That's an interesting one, definitely. Uh, it's an educated joke. <clears throat> um, uh, but yeah, so we watched Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, but I did watch a movie I've never seen before. What? Galaxy Quest. I thought oh, you were gonna say Jaws. Huh? Was that Joe? I said I thought you were gonna say Jaws. No, I saw Jaws. Well, no, Jaws I- too. I can't believe you haven't watched Galaxy Quest. <clears throat> yeah, like I can't believe it either, because Galaxy Quest, after watching it's ne- it was recently put on Amazon Prime. Well, and, I, after watching Star Trek, do you have a better? Do you feel like you have a more of an affinity? And the great thing is, it doesn't make fun of Star Trek fan. It doesn't make it doesn't really parody Star Trek. It feels like a Star Trek movie. Like yeah. it feels like what Star Trek if Star Trek did New Nightmare. Like a meta kind of thing, mm-hmm. <clears throat> where it's like the actors are now have to go on this real space quest. Also, like just like Alan Rickman's great. Oh, Tim wait, Allen, I you, Tim I, Allen's kind of a. I believe you mean the actors have to go on a galaxy quest, not a space quest. Yeah, and there's also little things that are great about it. Is like the idea of they could fly the ship because the aliens designed the ship because they watched the show. Mm-hmm. The, I'm sorry, historical documents. <laughs> um, I love that, like, story-wise, they made everything make sense. And everything, like, it, like in the first ten minutes, you know the whole movie. They set the whole movie perfectly. Like, it's a great fucking film. Yeah. <clears throat> also, a young Justin Long. Well, also, he's already done Jeepers young, Creepers, I think, by the young point. Sam Rockwell. Well, he's a, just Guy. As a guy. I don't even have a last name. I'm an extra. I'm going to die. <clears throat> it's so good. Uh, I highly recommend it. I can't believe it took me this long to watch Galaxy Quest. It's super fun for kids, adults, everything. But then there was a do- there's a documentary called Never Surrender. <clears throat> that's on I haven't Amazon seen that Prime. yet. It's on Amazon Prime as well. So I watched that immediately after. It's basically about the love of Galaxy Quest. And they get Damon Lindelof. The mm-hmm. guy who did Lost and uh, most recently Watchmen, <clears throat> he did, they got uh, what's his face? Um, the guy Greg Berlanti who does like the CW Arrowverse things. Greg <clears throat> Berlanti. Yeah. From the uh, DC universe, TV show universe. Yeah. 
But of course, they've got Brent Spiner on it because you can't you can't have a show that's remotely anything close to Star Trek without Brent's fucking Spiner. I think he's also in the movie. <clears throat> and Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton, of course, has to they have to get his opinion on things. But yeah, it was a good documentary. I think it goes. Uh, <clears throat> I think it meanders a little bit. Like Greg Blanty's like, this inspired me, and they show pictures, like videos of. This, the Flash and stuff. I'm like, this is not about you. It's about this movie. I don't know. And they were talking about, like, originally, Tim Allen was not supposed to be <clears throat> the main character. Originally, it was going to be Alec Baldwin. It wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Another one... Okay, let me rephrase that. It would have worked, but I don't think it would have had... It wouldn't have had the charm it it would have had it had with Tim Allen. And I didn't know this, but the original director and writer attached was Harold Ramis. I, you know, I could see that. Harold Ramis was Something not like this. I could definitely see that. Harold Ramis was not keen on Tim Allen. But after you watch the movie, you, I can't see anyone else play it. What, what did he have against Tim Allen? I don't. Th- I think he was like he. I think Harold Ramis wanted more of a deadpan comedy. Like a Groundhog Day? Well, you know what? He should have pissed off Bill Murray. Apparently Bill Murray was also considered for it as well. No, I think Harold Ramis wanted... um, Robin Williams? No, I think he would have wanted a more classic, like... Because William Shatner was, like, the good-looking guy on the original Star Trek, which is why I think Alec Baldwin was considered, because he's more of that Hollywood-leading guy look. Yeah. Rather than Tim Allen. Like, he wanted it to be a parody, in a sense, but, like, still make it feel exactly like you were watching a real show. Like That's how interesting. Because they interview Tim Allen, and they say, like, there's a lot of parodies, uh, parodies. There's a lot of parallels with his character is, his character is out of the limelight. The show was ten years ago. He's out of limelight. He's not really doing any work. He's just doing conventions. And Tim Allen just got, you know, off home improvement so now he's like what am i doing you know i mean he did toy story but you know like he made him a couple million dollars yeah i understand like he just got out of home improvement he's like is the best over you know stuff like that and i'm like that's really interesting alan rickman doing like i was i was i was king henry the third why am i doing this he's the the english serious actor which is perfect for alan rickman and also, mm-hmm. Sigourney Weaver. I mean, Tony Shalhoub. I mean, the whole yeah, cast Tony, is great. Tony Shalhoub is great in this, too. Just Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver with a blonde wig. And, <clears throat> and the thing, I think Sigourney Weaver, like, again, that it's a passing reference to Alien. <laughs> but, like, but the fact that she's in this comedy kind of lays the groundwork for her to be in Paul. In the, in the documentary... In the documentary in the documentary, uh, Sigourney Weaver even references, like, I had to make sure that the character Beverly is not, like, exactly like Ripley. She perfectly, like, we cannot have it like Ripley. Mm-hmm. They ever talk about that. I'm like, that's interesting. Yeah, because you wear the blonde wig! Also, I never <laughs> noticed it until they do the documentary, but when they see, like, the, the things that smash. Yeah. 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 Uh, she says, screw this, but her voice, like, her mouth is saying, fuck this. But apparently because Rugrats the movie came out, they had to make it a G movie. That was the main reason why they made it G. is because, like, well, we've got to compete with Rugrats the movie. 
That I didn't expect. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? Well, wait, that's like, um, that's like when we watch Heavyweights when they get to the part. Remember the part where uh, uh, Tony's going through all the like finding all the the snacks are hiding. Remember and the whole Seymour Butts thing, but he's clearly not saying that. Yeah, like they're clearly dubbed over. It was like that, like because Heavyweights they wanted it to be like the first like PG thirteen. Disney movie, and then they got cold feet, so they had to redub some of the. Uh, yeah. They had to redub some of the lines because they couldn't. They couldn't reshoot. Apparently, the apparently, like there's a lot of cussing in the original cut. So I would love to see the original cut. I'm hoping there's a director's cut, and hopefully there is. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Galaxy Quest. But you know, that's all I saw. Joe, I know you saw a movie that I'm interested in here. I, do you see it, Scott? I don't know what was the movie. No, he said he only saw like part of it. Okay. And then they they changed the channel or changed the movie. But um, uh, I, uh, I saw Eurovision a couple weeks ago. Uh, the the new Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams vehicle. <laughs> Bet you didn't expect me to say that about a Will Ferrell movie. <laughs> um, so surrounding this like. Uh, Kelly had saw had seen the trailer on Netflix, and she's like, "We have to watch this movie." So of course, I wait until we see the movie together, and so we did uh, a couple weeks ago. And it's a story about Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams' characters, who are uh, probably not brother and sister, which is the that's a ongoing joke in the movie um but they're this singing like pop duo from iceland um and they're super inspired by like abba when they see abba on the eurovision and that becomes will ferrell's dream is to win the eurovision song contest and so they spend decades together writing and singing song after song and trying to uh, not only win like contests in Iceland, but but get to the Eurovision Song Contest and win it. And that's and that's your basic premise. Now, <laughs> um, the everybody like everything that surrounded this movie, like people kept telling me like, oh wow, yeah, that movie sucks. Or at least that's what they heard. And this certainly isn't like a Holmes and Watson deal. Oh, like, God. It can't be Holmes and Watson. <laughs> which, which, you know, I heard, you know, basically it was horrible. But, like, you can kind of see it. But when I watch Eurovision, I'm like, this isn't as bad as everybody says it is. This is just kind of your... It, it's not a spectacular Will Ferrell movie, but if you've seen other Will Ferrell movies, you kind of know what you're in for. Um, But, I mean, everybody, like, it's a fun story, and it has, like, it's interesting twists and turns. Um, And and you have your outrageous characters, uh, which makes sense. Without outrageous characters. Well, and, yeah. and it makes sense for the Eurovision Song Contest. So you have representatives from each European nation trying to win this pop song contest. Like, you can't tell me there's not going to be some weird people showing up. 
Bro, in and, real life, they're we- they get weird people. But, like, um, the idea is they're from Iceland. It's this little island nation. Doesn't get any recognition. But there's this up-and-coming pop star um, named Tatiana. And Iceland thinks it has a chance to win the Eurovision Song Contest. They're like, this girl's going to win. And she's played by Demi Lovato. Okay. And so what they do is they hold a contest among all the top Iceland acts. And whoever wins, which they think beyond a shadow of a doubt, Tatiana's going to win. Uh, they get to be the nomination for Eurovision. Okay. Now the one guy, um, I don't remember who he's played by, but he's like the financial officer. And he's like, guys, if we win Eurovision, we have to host it and we will go bankrupt. (laughs) And so you lay out his kind of motivations there. He doesn't want them to win the Eurovision song contest. Whereas everybody in Iceland's like, no, we should win. But the night uh, of the big contest in Iceland, like, uh, I should also mention, they just kind of pull Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams' tape out of a hat for the last entrant into the contest. And their performance goes horribly awry. Like, Will Ferrell's, like... um, he, like, he's obsessed with doing this huge, like, stage show. His harness breaks, and, like, the whole song gets ruined. And so he's sulking on the dock while everybody else is on this boat having a party, and the boat explodes. Literally every <laughs> other act in Iceland has died. <laughs> so That's Fire Saga situation. Yeah. So Fire Saga is now the nominee by default. They came in last, and they were the only act to survive. (laughs) Literally. Yeah, but, you know, as these underdog, like, goofy stories go, they end up having actual talent, which shows up at the Eurovision Song Contest. And it's basically about Rachel McAdams' characters in love with Mill Ferrell, but Will Ferrell's too obsessed with the Eurovision Contest to really... get it yeah and and it's a fun movie and and dan stevens plays this russian guy that's like super over the top um and and seeing his song alone is probably worth doing if if you get a chance uh the lions of love or whatever (laughs) whatever it's called um but yeah it, it, it was fun it was a fun movie and, uh, you know, certainly it's not like a Talladega Nights or, or anything like that. Nothing that's going to set the world on fire and be shown like every other day on TNT. But, <laughs> but it, TBS, it's, it's, maybe. TBS, it's, TBS is stepbrothers. Yeah, it's certainly, <laughs> it's, cer- it's certainly, you know, okay for like a watch every now and then. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I mean, if you have Netflix, you might as well watch it. Who hasn't? Who doesn't have Netflix anymore? You know, who doesn't have Netflix at this point? Man, that reminds me. Still gotta watch fucking Hamilton. I don't know if y'all know about. Oh, I Hamilton. Hamilton. Kelly watched it, and she told me it was really good. So, yeah, I saw it. 
That's what I did on Fourth of July. <laughs> we watched. Hamilton. Well, we'll watch Hamilton this week, and yeah. we'll we can talk about it next week. It's pretty good. It, you'll you'll have some things in your head. I particularly. I hope it's songs. I I particularly like uh, the King George. I think he's pretty fucking hysterical. I've heard yeah. good things about. Oh oh, actually. and also Thomas Jefferson, the man. That's played by David Diggs, correct? Yes. Yes. David Diggs, really awesome rapper. Didn't realize he was also a stage performer until Hamilton came around. Yeah, he plays two roles. Yeah, he's like, oh, you thought all I could do was rap? Fool you. Yeah, if you're interested in his rap stuff, he's he's in the group called Clipping. And there's he's no- also he also raps like like hardcore raps on fucking Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I also love when they have, like, uh, debates or whatever, like, you know, Congress debates or whatever. It's in rap battle form. Nice. <clears throat> I think that's awesome. But, yeah, like, Hamilton, I think it's, like, two, two and a half hours, but it's worth it. It, it, it flies by. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I, I have every intention. And, plus, I look at it this way. I figure if I watch it like this, I have a better sense of whether or not I actually liked the show rather than justifying the large amount of money I paid for a ticket that's already hard to find. Like, I feel like I'm not saying, I'm not saying Hamilton is or is not getting the hype it gets because of the fact that the tickets are expensive and hard to get. I'm just saying when I personally watch it, that's not a factor to me. I can literally just watch it for what it is. It's also the original cast. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was another reason why I was really, I'm really excited to watch it and why I think this is probably going to be the most pure, in my opinion, the most pure way to watch it. Because this is really going to separate the men from the boys. It'll make you really appreciate Lin Manuel Miranda, because uh, I think the only way, only exposure you've had to him is Kirby enthusiasm. Kirby enthusiasm. <clears throat> it makes there, it too. makes it, it makes the last episode of that season makes so Fatwa. much sense. Fatwa. No, with, with Lin Lin Manuel. <laughs> no, 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 no. But the, that was the show they were working on. Fatwa. Yeah. Fatwa. Yeah. Oh, uh, it, it makes sense. <clears throat> But yeah, Hamilton's yeah, awesome. Check out Scott. Uh huh. Hamilton's awesome. Check it out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, well, and that's to watch that this week. And that was the thing. Like, I I was so hoping for something like this because, you know, Hamilton really took the the world by storm, and prices went through the roof so quickly on those shows, and oh, like. Geez. And you can't, and as far as I know, they haven't done an off-Broadway one. They've only done Broadway shows. And this is a way for people to experience that, that show outside of, like, for me, and I was, I was telling Kelly this, um, like, for me, when I, when I deal with, like, an opera or, 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 like, a stage show, like a Phantom of the Opera and everything, like, I don't want to listen to the soundtrack first. Yeah, which is a way oh, a lot yeah. of people experience it. I want to get the full show, and, and then you know, and then listen to the soundtrack, so I can have like a mental image of like what's happening at the time. Oh yeah, and not only that, not only that, but like sometimes the song, if you're listening to the lyrics, sometimes the lyrics of the song can even spoil the story too. Yeah. That's, that's why that's I don't the- listen to. That's why I don't listen to uh, the Book of Mormon soundtrack. Yeah, that's also yeah. why uh, Joe and I don't listen to the critics. <laughs> but, uh, unless, unless it's Jay Sherman, the critic. <laughs> Hachi Machi. Machi. 
It stinks. But speaking of critics that, you know, Joe and I don't listen to, uh, I decided, as I said at the top of the show, to go ahead and uh, check out Impact Wrestling. I watched Impact Wrestling Slammiversary pay-per-view last night, two days ago as of this, or when this airs. And uh, top to bottom, I thought it was a pretty good show. There were a couple... You know, there were a couple technical difficulties, technical botches, you know, but again, that's not the wrestler's fault. You know, sometimes shit happens. What are you going to do? Overall, not a very botchy, not a very botchy show like you probably would expect from TNA like 10 years ago. Um, But uh, yeah, so uh, real, real quick, not going to get too deep into it. If if you haven't watched it, I believe you can watch it on the um, Impact. I, I I don't know what they're calling it. It's like the Global Network or Impact Network. I don't know. They have a streaming service. You can download the app from any from the App Store or the iOS Store, whatever the fuck Apple Apple uh, the App Store. That's it. I'll look, I'll look it up for you. Yeah, you can download the app there and you can watch it there. Um, you can also purchase it off uh, Fight. That's F I T E the Fight app. Impact uh, Plus. Impact Plus. That's it. So you can watch. Apparently, you can watch it on Impact Plus. I'm not a subscriber, so I don't know that for certain. But from what I heard, you can watch it there, and you can watch it on Fight. Um, and that's how I watch it. I watch it live on Fight. Um, so re- uh, get into it. Uh, opening match was the tag team Invitational. The uh, Zachary Wentz and Desmond Xavier of the Rascals uh, issued an open challenge to any tag team. You know. Really, just any tag team, and uh, it was answer. Now everybody thought it was going to be the Good Brothers, Gallows and Anderson, but it turned out it was actually answered by the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin. Uh, great opening match. Um, this was one of those matches where I felt like they really wanted you to believe that the Rascals, and deservedly so, were contenders because this match was like the Rascals dominated machine guns quite a bit in this match like they definitely held their own um but at the end of this match you felt like even though they they unfortunately did not win you felt like okay the rascals are a big deal wentz and xavier are pretty pretty good uh commentary put over that uh zachary wentz uh turned down a career in mma to join to join impact wrestling and to go the pro wrestling route so you know respect to him although he's also uh, the basis for fallout boy <laughs> Who looks like you? I'm just kidding. It's not you. That's the other guy. Uh, um, wow, Wade. Who's the other guy? What's the other guy's name? Desmond yeah. Xavier. Patrick Stump. Patrick Stump. Oh, oh, oh. In, oh, in Fall Out Boy. I thought you were talking about what, what the, what the, what the, the mutton, what I look like. With the mutton chops, you look like yeah. Patrick Stump. Um, so the Motor City Machine Guns win with basically a double-teaming uh, one-winged angel. Oh. They kind of, like, picked them up, and then, like, they dropped... They didn't do the quite the sit-out like Kenny Omega does, but it was basically the same idea of the move. Um, so, you know, it's nice to see the machine guns back in, 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 you know, in this capacity. Great, specifically Chris Saban. Apparently Chris Saban's been working as a producer for a while in Impact, so it's nice to see him back in the ring. Hasn't lost his step. If anything, he's he's probably, like, lost mass, but, like... He's more cut now, so he's definitely in really good shape. Like, yeah, remember how he used to wear the little shorts, and then Alex Shelley would wear tights? He needs to stop wearing the shorts. Because of his new, like, physique, the shorts look too baggy on him. Like, it, too baggy. 
he needs a smaller size or he needs to go to tights. The last I had heard about Chris Saban, um, I think he like had a really bad injury and he was just kind of off of TV for a long ass time. And I well, guess they transitioned him to producer or something. But did. I was a big Chris Saban fan back back in that period of impact, the Golden Years. And I learned through commentary he has the most reigns as uh, as X Division Division. Eh, hard, easy for me to say. X Division champion. So good on him for that. And it's great to see him back. Uh, again, Machine Guns haven't missed a step. Also, it's uh, great to have Alex Shelley back. Alex oh, Shelley actually, should be on TV all the time. I said I said this in the group chat. Wait, I don't know if you saw it, but I'm gonna say because Joe wasn't there. I swear to God, if somebody told me that Alex Shelley was Sting's long-lost son, I would believe it. Like, he looks like he could be the son of Sting. Like, if you look at his face and the way he talks, I could believe it. I mean, that guy should have been a star after paparazzi. He should have been a star before that. Yeah. Like, he just had the – he just always had, like, the look and his own <clears> – <throat> just – the phrase, his own man, comes yes. to mind when I think Alex Shelley. But nope. Um, so then we have a uh, – it's It's dubbed an old-school rules match, basically a hardcore extreme rules match. It's Tommy, the, huh? it's Tommy Dreamer, so of course it's hardcore. For the unsanctioned TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, what's um, that? Okay, I need Baxter. What is this okay. about? Okay, so I guess with Tessa Blanchard being yeah, Because of everybody getting fired. <laughs> well, no, well, no, it wasn't even that. With Tessa Blanchard, because she wasn't – she just got recently fired. So I guess with her not being able – being on television, yeah, Moose, she was like in Mexico or Moose was going on this like rampage where he was just like beating up former TNA wrestlers and champions. And since he beat so many, he just decided, well, you know, I beat the best TNA had to offer, so now I'm the TNA world champion. And so he's been carrying around as an unsanctioned title. Uh, Don Callis has been building it up as an actual championship. Josh Matthews has been, you know, trying to discrediting it. Um, personally, because I like the idea of it. I it's like the, the FTW belt. And the best part of it is, is like the way Moose like carries the belt. It, it feels like how Nick Aldis is car- carrying the NWA title. Like he doesn't. Yeah, no, I, just got, I, just, I just got confused because I was like, wait a minute. I thought it was the Impact World Champion, yeah. but there is an Impact World Championship. Yeah. But the TNA title is like yeah, Joe said, the FTW. It's not, it's not a real belt. It's okay. not an, an official belt. <clears throat> That's why um, I'm confused. But about. like he care, but like I said, he carries it like Nick all this does. Like he has that like feeling of like this is the real world championship. You know, this is the real belt when you know I'm a real the real champion. So it's kind of like a mix of like the million dollar championship with like Ric Flair when he first came to WWF, and I like what they're doing with it. I think even though his outfits are can get kind of crazy looking because like he's done like ultimate warrior he's done macho man randy savage like not parodies just like in the fashion of you know like tribute attire yeah it's not he's not trying to be them it's just tribute here um but i like it um so so dust so um dusty uh dreamer comes out and he's rocking uh remember the old dusty sucks eggs shirt that terry funky he's rocking a moose sucks eggs shirt uh, he's got the bandana. He's gone full Terry Funk, which I, which they acknowledge on commentary. Uh, Moose comes out, and while he's kind of doing his own thing with his gear, he debuts the new TNA World Championship. It's the same belt design, but on a white strap. And I gotta say, if any belt needed a white strap, it's the TNA World Title. It's the one that Bully Ray had, 
where it just says TNA wrestling on it. But like the white strap really pops the the really pops not only the, the the design but the text on the belt. I think it was a it was a really good choice. Um, you know they they fight back and forth. I mean it was a pretty good hardcore match. It wasn't like <clears throat> I wouldn't say it's on an ECW. I wouldn't put it on a, a quote ECW pedestal or anything. But it was still good. They're telling the story of like you know. Tommy's the old guard, Moose is the new guard, trying to, like, basically beat the old guard at its own game. He's trying to prove that he's the best there is, whereas Tommy's trying to prove that, like, you know, Moose, you, you know, you were nothing in the NFL, you were nothing on the independent circuit, you're not, you're not going to be anything in Impact, all you're going to be is a footnote in this business, if even that. Like, he's basically trying to, to like, he's trying to make Moose enough, uh, a never was. Yeah, he's a little, know, bro- he's little brothering him. Yes, and whereas Moose is trying to to you know stake his claim, <clears throat> I did and, see I did see a clip where Moose is like, Tommy Dreamer is like, Moose believes the world the Earth is flat, <laughs> <clears throat> and then he's like, yeah, well I've never seen the Earth be round, but you're not gonna beat me or something like that. And I was like, oh my fuck? god, dude, the the opening uh video <clears throat> for this match was pretty good. Like Tommy Dreamer, like he still got the fucking passion, dude. Like Tommy Dreamer, he's he's number one. In my book, as far as like old school, like old school wrestlers who are still going, like you talk about a dude who still got it. Um, it so it ends with so Tommy brings out the thumbtacks. He tries to pile drive Moose onto them, but Moose gets out of it. Uh, they kind of like they fall down, and then to- he tries to do this thing where like Moose grabs Tommy's head and he's like pushing his face into the thumbtacks. But Tommy's not not having. He fights his way out, and then Moose just just grabs his face and just rams him full force into the thumbtacks. Hits the lights out. Spear wins and retains the TNA World Title. Like I said, it wasn't the best hardcore match I ever saw, but it was still a, a good match. I enjoyed it. I liked the story that they were telling, and I like what they're doing with Moose. I like that Moose has a personality now. Uh, he's still doing the Moose thing, the little arm pump, but. Without a crowd, it's not as cool. Um, then we have what's called the Gauntlet for the Gold match, which is basically it's a battle royal until we get to the last two, and then it and then it becomes a regular uh, a regular match. Thank you, Joe. Um, so uh, really, there was no surprise entrance. They were all people on the Impact women on the Impact Wrestling roster. The closest to a surprise was so Taya. I guess at some point since uh, Johnny uh, John Morrison left to go back to WWE, um, she's been teaming. She's been associated with this guy named Johnny Bravo, and he showed up dressed as Rosemary after Rosemary came out. I didn't get it. I don't know what we were doing. <laughs> With that one, it kind of felt like it, at first I thought we were going to do a Santina Morella bullshit thing, but then he got eliminated, so there was that. Uh, so the final two uh, ended up being uh, Taya Valkyrie and Kylie Ray. Um, the whole the whole thing with Kylie Ray is like she's too nice, you know. Like after every uh, after every elimination, she's apologizing. After every strike, she's apologizing, you know. And so, you know, she gets she she she's basically it's basically the story they're telling you is Kylie Ray has no fucking chance to beat Taya, and she pulls it out. She actually does get the win, 
And so Kylie Ray is now the number one contender to the knockouts championship. The question is, is she going to face Jordan Grace or is she going to face Deanna Peraza? And we will find out later in the show. Um, overall, I mean, about it's a battle royal. If you've seen a battle royal, you know what happened. Uh, the one-on-one stuff was fine. It was short. But, I mean, again, after Kylie Ray was number one, so that was also the story they were going with. And, um, <clears throat> I, like I said, it was a battle royal. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was it was good. Fine. Uh, we then had Willie Mack defending the uh, X Division Championship against Chris Bay. Uh, Willie Mack with the Razor Ramon style tights. So he's got the, he's rocking the blue style, right? Instead of Razor, it says Willie on the front. But the Razor blades are chocolate bars. Yeah, it was awesome. I, um, I, I think he's been wearing those tights for a while. I loved it. Um, he really, like, it looked like he fucked up Chris Bay's neck. He did, like, a, um, you know, Orton does the draping DDT. Well, he did, like, he draped him over on the apron, but did a neck breaker. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was selling the neck for a good chunk of the match. Um, uh, so the story, so the main story going into this match is with Chris Bay. So he's associated with Johnny Swinger. If you all remember Johnny Swinger, Remember how, like, he was, like, you know, he was just there. You know, he didn't really have a whole discernible, like, charisma or style or anything. Dude went full. He has gone full David Lee Roth now. Like, he, you got to look into Johnny Swinger in 2020. This motherfucker going places. He finally figured out what works. And I love He's a manager mainly now. Yes. Yes, he, he, I don't. Well, I think he still wrestles, but he's but he manages more, um, and he's working with Chris Bay. So the story is like Johnny Swinger's been trying to figure out every way he can to be in Chris Bay's corner for this match, but no matter what he does, he can't do it. So the story is Chris Bay's got to go in alone. He has if he's gonna beat Willie Mac, he has to beat Willie Mac alone, and they bust out so a, a lot of crazy ass moves. And I mean, it's Willie Mac. I mean, if you've seen one Willie Mac match, you know what to expect from him. And I mean that in a good way. I don't mean it in a, you've seen one match, you've seen them all. You just know he can do pretty much anything in that ring he wants to. Um, great stuff. Um, Chris Bay actually gets the win. He does the nastiest, like, springboard cutter I've ever seen. Like, he grabs it, like, he he grabs him, but, like, he doesn't quite follow through. He, like, he does a springboard, grabs him, and then when he pulls him down, he, like, like Willie Mac's head just goes, just spikes right into the mat. It was really nasty looking, but doesn't matter. He wins and becomes your new X division champion, and he did it without help. That's the main. That's the main story. Is this? You know. You know. Like it's one of those stories where it's like you know he's got all the tools. He's got all the things he could do it. Oh my god! I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the cutter. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Hey, put it <laughs> on the so Joe can see, Wade. That's, that's like Rob Van Dam cell. Yeah, it's sick. But it's like he bounces up. It's like he hit his head, bounced up, and then fell right back down. God yeah, damn he, he bounces to his knees. Looks like he's about to start a moonsault, but he doesn't do the moonsault. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we have a new X Division champion. So it's the the uh, the uh, so we get our first title change. Is it our only title change? We'll find out. Well, um, there's. The, does does the crowning of the new Impact Champion count? No, 
We knew that. So brother still new. Yeah, but it's preordained. Okay. Um, so then we have the North defending the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Championships that they've held for over a year, 375 days, uh, against the uh, unlikely duo of the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock, and Sammy Callahan. Um, this is actually a fun match. Just, if nothing else, just watching Ken Shamrock go, like, he's he's 13 years older than Brock Lesnar, and honestly wrestles better matches than Brock Lesnar. Yeah, um, well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, even now, I'm just saying, even now at this age. I mean, because um, like, he was, like, in his 30s when he debuted. <laughs> they, do, they do a lot of, like, the commentary is, like, kind of teasing, like, you know, can they coexist, whatever. But they actually do really well together. The story of the North is, you know, they're still trying to, like, they're, they're still built, they're building their legacy, you know? They're, like, you know, they're basically saying, like, you know, like, for an entire year, we've, we've beaten everybody, we destroyed an entire division, they bring people in, we take them out, we go to other promotions, we take them out. Like, you know, like, establishing their dominance. And Very you know, much the Hardys um, uh, tour of gold. The expedition of gold. That's what it was, yeah. Um, a lot of great stuff. The North, who, fun fact, thanks to uh, Pro Wrestling Crate, I have their autographs. So, cool on that. I'm actually a big fan of the North after this match. Um, a lot of great stuff. A lot of great uh, uh, tag team work by the North. Um, but, of course, we can't have nice things. Shit breaks down between uh, Shamrock and Callum. Basically, they do, and they did this in the in the first opening tag team match, and it's a spot I really think we need to like retire or at least take a break of the tackling your opponent into the cover to break it up spot. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But but this one was different because what they did with this was because Sammy was tackled into it and hit Shamrock to break up the cover. Shamrock thought Sammy attacked him. So right. he's like can he's like not registering what's going on. It's almost like he And it's just, also Ken Shamrock, so he probably legit <laughs> he's like, one of those people that yeah. probably would fly off the handle. He's well no, he doesn't go crazy. He's just confused. Like he's like, we're I'm your partner. Like but like he doesn't emote. He's just like in awe. But it doesn't matter. The North end up getting the win anyway, retaining the tag titles and continuing their record-breaking title reign. They're the longest reign champions in company history. They're the only team to hold it for an entire calendar year. And uh, great stuff. I mean, just <laughs> kudos to Ken Shamrock for being consistently good in 2020. Who'd have thought? Um, we, then, we then follow that with the... Um, the, uh, the uh, knockouts championship match. I couldn't, for some reason, I couldn't think of what they call our women's title. Uh, Jordan Grace defending against Deanna Prazo. Uh, before that match, though, um, there, uh, Heath Slater hops the rail and basically cuts a promo saying, like, you know, like, he's here, he's ready to go, blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't know the guy's name, but this guy comes out, and apparently he's been in Impact before, so I guess he he's doing this whole gimmick where... You know, the outsiders keep coming in and taking the spotlight, which, I mean, is a good angle to do, especially. I read, in, I read about it. His name's like, is it like Rajit or something? Or Raju? I, I, I don't know. I did. He's, I got, was, he's got two R names. 
I don't know. Uh, I do know compared to Heath Slater, he looks tiny as shit. <laughs> um, but again, size doesn't matter, and he does have a he does he is in shape, so is what it is. Uh, so he gets in Heath's face. Heath fucks him. Hey, Heath Slater. Um, Wade, if you want to find another great gift, look up Heath Slayer doing the zigzag to this guy. I saw it. I saw it. He has a better zigzag than <clears> Dolph Ziggler. It looks like a jumping, looks like a jumping Russian leg sweep at for like on the upper side, the not the leg that, part. The fact that that was his, that was Dolph's move instead of his, upsets me now because it looks really good. So he establishes his shit, establishes he's there, he's free agent. Uh, backstage, now this is after the, the the women's match, but I wanted to just tie it all together. So after the match, he goes backstage, he meets up with Rhino, they're all happy. Then Scott Demore shows up and says, hey, uh, yeah, I appreciate you, you, you know, you're great and everything, but uh, you don't work here, we're in a pandemic, you don't have a mask, you weren't tested, you gotta get out of here. And uh, and he, he was like, he's like, see the, see, the problem is, is like, you know, you are, you're right. You're the hottest free agent, but the key phrase there is free agent. You don't work here. Uh, you know, it's like, maybe we could talk later, but right now you got to leave. Yeah. So they're alluding that Tuesday, uh, Tuesday on impact, apparently impacts on Tuesday. Now, um, they're going to, uh, delve deep into the, uh, Heath Slater. Well, sorry, Heath situation. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for that. It was Rohit Raju. Rohit Raju, yes. Formerly known as Hakeem Zane, if anybody knows that name. No, nope. um, I don't know either the, name. Hey Joe, did you know? Did you know he's famous? He has a sandwich named after him. It's the Rajit Aju. What's the uh, next match, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That was a wet fart joke, but I accept it because I it, it was funny to me. Damn it! It was the uh, knockout uh, title yeah. match. Knockout championship match, Jordan Grace versus Deanna Prazo. The best singles match of the whole show. Seriously, you know, like, I know, like, like with women's wrestling being as big as it is now, at least in WWE, you know, everyone's talking about Becky Lynch, you know, the four horsewomen. These two women had a really good match, told a really good story. The whole, the whole crux of the story is Deanna Perrazzo keeps blindsiding Jordan Grace and injuring and going for the arm with the arm bar. She keeps fucking her arms up. Um, Jordan doesn't like it. She's basically like, yo, you know, if you wanted a title match, all you had to do was ask, you know, that kind of And most of Jordan Grace's power is in her arms. Yes, yes. Also, I don't know when she became Thick Mama Pump, but um, that's a great nickname. And uh, all she's missing is chain mail and a degree in math. Yeah. So, uh, and then well, we're going to tiger. You can only do after the pandemic, Joe, after the pandemic. Um, I think now it, is the safest time to do the tiger thing. <laughs> well, no, you don't want the, the, you don't want the tiger to get the Rona. Yeah, but there's no other people for the tiger to attack. <laughs> I, I don't know that, that I say, you got to save that one for the fans though. Um, a lot of great, like I said, a lot of great back and forth. A lot of great, you know, actual wrestling in this match. Um, great counters, like a lot, just great counters of Deanna going for the armbar, Jordan getting out of it. Um, they take a lot of crazy like risks, like not anything huge, but it's just like they're just you. It feels like they hate each other. It feels you could the hate is palpable. 
between Jordan Grace and Deanna Perrazzo. You know, Jordan's trying to do everything she can to hold on to the belt. Deanna's trying to do everything to win it. Um, great stuff. If, if, if you only watch one match from the show, I recommend this one. Um, it ends with Deanna going for an arm bar, but rather than being satisfied with one arm, she actually hooks both arms. So she locks both arms in the arm bar and, uh, she wins and becomes the new knockouts champion. And, uh, oh my God, Deanna Perrazzo never knew how much of a badass she was. Knew she was a good wrestler, but I never realized just how badass she was. Yeah, she uh, was so, um, she was real good and impressive in NXT when I saw her there. Wait, she was never on NXT. She's barely on NXT. Well, the few times I saw her on NXT, I yeah. was always very impressed with Deanna Perrazzo, and I I never knew why they never had anything for her. Yeah, and uh, her stuff in Ring of Honor was pretty good too. Mm-hmm. But like, she was well, always like, but she was always built just presented as like a good wrestler. This time, yeah. like, she was presented like a badass, and she lives up absolutely. Again, no. If you see only one match of that show, that's the one to watch. Uh, we then go to our main event. It was so apparently it was originally originally scheduled as a fatal five way. <laughs> yes. Came a fatal four way. When um, two of the participants. Well, I don't know oh all God. the details beyond that. They didn't talk about it. I didn't care enough to look into that. Um. So then it became so. We were left with uh, Ace Austin, who, by the way, I like Ace Austin. Oh, Ace Austin's great. Before until t- la- until that show, and I am a fan. The team, him, t- him with Madman Fulton as his heavy. Oh my god, pump that shit in my veins. I love it. Um, so you got Ace Austin versus uh, the only list him is Trey Trey Miguel of the Rascals, who has a blood feud with Ace Austin. I don't know the details. I just know they hate each other's fucking guts, which was great. And they wrestled like it too. That was one thing I gave. I do give this match credit for the the feud that was there between them. They didn't do a lot of flippy doos to each other. Maybe the other people, but when it was them, it was a lot of strikes, slamming into the corner, kicks. You know, like it felt like it. Uh, and then uh, Eddie Edwards were the three known wrestlers. So the question was, who's the fourth man? Luckily for us, Mabel was not the fourth man because Mabel's dead. Dude. Ouch. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I didn't mean Ouch, it. dude. I'm not happy he's dude. dead. Nelson Frazier. Uh, but the question was, who's going to be the fourth man? Uh, earlier in the night, after uh, Willie Mack's title loss, uh, they talked to Rich Swan, who had been injured, and he was saying that he was you know, coming back soon. He didn't really give a specific time frame, but he's on crutches and everything. So he's basically the red herring because he turns out to be the, the quote, surprise entrant. And it's just like, it's not, it felt like a WWE surprise, you know, where they're like, who's going to be the mystery man? You're thinking it's going to be someone debuting, someone returning, someone completely out of left field. But then it's just like, oh, it's that guy. Like, yeah. oh, it's Dolph Ziggler. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He got what I call, what I'm now calling the Dolph Ziggler pop. Oh, it's him. Where you think, it's like, who's the mystery man? Oh, it's Dolph Ziggler. It's either like, Dolph Ziggler or Big Show. Yeah. Um, well, at least at least Big Show had a had a real title reign. With real world he's title. also like seven, he's also like seven feet tall. Yes. And you can't teach that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like, people were bummed, but not mad. It was just like, eh, the surprise could have been better, but you got a great worker. And, I mean, he's Baltimore's own, so. 
But yeah. then out of nowhere, some music plays. You're like, who the fuck is this? Because even though the commentator's like, who's this? We don't know. It's Eric Young, who's now going by the nickname of the World Class Maniac, which is a great nickname. I like it a lot. Um, he's kind of doing the Tommaso Ciampa uh, Sicilian psychopath thing with the mask and everything. It's basically like, take the best pieces of that with what he was trying to do with Sanity and it's it's really good. Like I, well, he I also make it sound like it's a ripoff thing, but it actually works really well for him. And he's got it, man. He I never realized how crazy he could look, and with blood, well, even crazier. Well, and he he had a brief stint in Impact, uh, where he was trying to do that out of his mind kind of character. So I, I'm thinking it's almost like an evolution of Eric Young. Like he's been gone for what six years or so like this is where he is now at this point you know after being like he was already unhinged before oh and, oh it's great like his he, I'm, and like his voice is perfect for a character like this like it you don't you let me put it this way you don't need someone to tell you he's crazy to know he's crazy i'll put you it know it's been a long ass time since ah. he's been clean shaven yeah dude <laughs> He's creepier. He's creepier without a beard, and I mean that in the best way possible. No. I don't mean. I'm not saying he looks like a creep. I'm just saying he looks creep. He gets the point across better clean shaven than he did in Sanity with facial hair. You know what? He should form a team with Fulton. No. Call it. No. Call it crazy. No, Wade. You're that. That idea totally lacks sanity. What are you talking about? It's actually um, insanity. You can just call it insanity. There you go. So um, so it becomes a fatal five-way elimination. It, it was elimination for the beginning, but still. Um, so, like I said, lo- the main story is Ace Austin and uh, Trey Miguel and their, like, blood feud going on. Ace Austin's on the quest to be the youngest Impact Wrestling champion. He's not even 20. I think he's, like, not even 23, or he is just turned 23. So he's trying to make history by being the youngest champion. Um they do, um, you know, like I said, Barry Stubbs probably the most captivating because you can feel the, the, the hate is palpable. It's great. Um, so Trey gets eliminated by Eric Young after the goddamnedest pile driver I've ever seen. Like, he picks him up and kind of, like, spirals him. Like, but the thing is, he, I don't think he spiraled him to look cool. He just did it so he didn't pile drive him onto other wrestlers. But it looks sick. Like, look up at Eric Young's pile driver from that match. It's a sight to behold. So he gets the win there. Uh, eventually, Rich Swan gets eliminated. So first, um, like uh, Eric Young, like fucks his fucks his leg up. Like he gets his. So Rich Swan gets his injured leg fucked up. Like to yeah, where he, he barely. Like Eric, I saw a clip of this where uh, he like pilmanizes it about I don't know four times. <laughs> yeah, but the best part, and I'll get to it because it happens after the elimination. Um, so even though his leg is really fucked, Rich Swan is like wrestling with one leg, and he ends up getting the elimination on Eric Young. So he eliminates Eric Young. Eric Young gets pissed and starts, like you said, pilmanizing the shit out of his leg. He then takes his leg, wraps it around the rope using the ring post to like hold his like the front like his foot in place so he can't move, and just bashes it with a chair. Like he like he murdered Rich Swan's leg. Uh, but luck, but you know, 
credit to Rich Swan. He did everything he could. He 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 even battled back with Ace Austin, had a little bit. He he got some roll ups, but on it, but you know, without that, you know that 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 foundation, he wasn't able to get it get it right. Uh, Ace Austin ends up eliminating Rich Swan. So then it's down to Eddie Edwards versus Ace Austin. You've got a man trying to create a legacy, and then you've got another man who's trying to get back to glory. So, and I mean, either either way, you've got a great. Whoever wins, the story is great. The story writes itself, as some may say. A um, lot of great stuff with them. It ends with uh, Eddie Edwards. He hits he hits two Boston knee parties. He kicks out of one. Uh, Ace Austin kicks out of the first one. He goes for the second one. And then just as added measure, he hits him with uh, Die Hard Flosion, which is like, if you remember Die Hard where he, like, he crosses his legs and drops him in a brain buster, instead of that, he drops him em- like Masawa Emerald Flosion style. It's a great move. It looks absolutely devastating. So he hits the move. He pins and wins the Impact Wrestling World Championship. Uh, happy ending until Ben Ben Fulton comes out. Uh, him and him and um, him and Ace awesome. start be- beating up Eddie Edwards. When all of a sudden the Good Brothers show up and they're they come down to the ring and like they 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 don't. <clears throat> Okay, you know how a lot of times they'll do the thing where like they'll be like they'll they'll pretend to be buddy buddy with somebody, but then they go and attack. Like they tease being buddies, they pretend to attack one guy, but then they attack the other. They didn't do that here. They tease friendship with both of them. So like it was it wasn't like a swerve. It was just kind of like they were just picking their spot. So they make it look like they're leaning more towards Eddie Edwards though. But then they start beating up Ace Austin and Madman uh, Fulton. Uh, they chase them out of the ring. They let Eddie Edwards have his moment to bask in, in his glory. Not Keith Lee's glory, but his glory. Uh, we we then we fade to black, but then the last shot of the show, we see a brick wall with three lines on it. It's EC3, looking like a buff Akira Tozawa. Did you see <laughs> the, um, the... He posted a uh, cinematic... I have not seen the match yet. I am going to watch okay. it later today. I watched that, and there's also one for No Way Jose, who's now um, Levi Valens. Okay. Um, right. I'll discuss it after the podcast real quick when you give me a couple minutes, because I noticed something, and I and I want to tell it to you, but I don't want to. I don't want to be the guy who predicted it <laughs> and ruined it for everybody. Alright. But yeah, so we end on so we end on the return of EC three. And that's how we end the show. Overall, I thought it was great. Great night of wrestling. If you if all you wanted out of a show was great wrestling matches, it delivered. If all you wanted were the surprises, I think the surprises delivered as well. I don't think you could especially for like impact wrestling during the COVID nineteen pandemic, I don't think you could ask I don't think you could conceivably ask for a better show. Mm-hmm. I think the show would have been even better with a crowd, but I think with all the circumstances working against them, I think they put on a great show. I think they did a good show regardless. I'm yeah. just saying with everything put against them, it just shows that like impact wrestling is a company to and, watch. And I think what helps is, you know, the booking is solid. They're not, I mean, they're pivoting from losing a whole bunch of people like some of their top stars. So to be able to sit here 
reload with a whole bunch of former WWE talent, and as much as we admonish people for doing that sometimes, like, Impact needs some name recognition. Absolutely. Um, at this point, because, I mean, they got a bunch of young guys like Ace Austin, and and they're busting their ass, but, like, nobody has really started to watch. Having this exodus of WWE talent that shows up, I think is going to drive their viewership numbers up. And if they keep booking as solidly as they have, even just being able to pivot the way they have, um, you know, I think they have a better crop of guys now than who they had before. And, and I think that's going to help their booking as well. And not only that, but like, you know, Look like at all have... the stories that, that literally slam a alone has started. Well, and not, and not only that, but, like, I have seen, like, obviously there's going to be detractors, there's going to be people, haters, as some mm-hmm. might like to say, who are just looking for a reason, like, oh, they're using WWE guys, or this and that. Like, there's a reason. All, first they're of all... They're really talented. All those guys, there's not one that's... You could sit there and be like, oh, he's a shit wrestler. But see, here's the thing. They need to work somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, forget about impact. You know, like... You know, impact and the stigma with that. They've got to work somewhere. And number two, even though they they were using former WWE guys, and yeah, you know, and they were even bringing back some TNA former old old school TNA guys. Yeah. But the wrestlers they have now that are not former TNA guys, former WWE guys. I'm talking like the here and now roster. Yeah, the new one. They delivered. They they put on a hell of a show. If you if you watch this show out of curiosity, based solely on the on what WWE wrestlers were going to show up, I refuse to believe that you you watched this show and did not come out of this interested in at least one new wrestler. I refuse to believe. You had to have been interested in somebody. To me, Chris Bay proved to be to be someone who I want to watch more of. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo, who I liked before, this new Edge has me interested in her. Ace Austin, I'm, I'm now a fan of. The North... I've become a fan of like this show made me a fan of new wrestlers that I would not, if if I didn't, if I was not curious, I wouldn't, I'm not saying I would hate them, but I just wouldn't have any interest. But now I want to see more of these people. I even got to see people like Willie Mack who I haven't seen wrestle in a long time because he's been an impact and I haven't really had the interest to watch it. You know, like everything about this show to me was a, was it was a, it was a a a a a mixed drink, if you will, that when all the ingredients came together, provided something special, something good. That and it can only be positive. It can only be something good coming out of this show. Like, how could you come out of the show and and think that Impact or wrestling as a whole or the wrestlers? in the company, coming to the company. You couldn't watch this show and think negatively about any of that. Yeah. It, it could only be positive. If I had to rate it, I would say somewhere between an A- and a B+. It was, again, it wasn't the best show I've ever seen. Like, as far as, like, you know, like, I've seen better shows even in the coronavirus era. I might be a little jaded because I've been watching New Japan over the last, like, couple weeks because they've actually had crowds and shit. Yeah. But I think for what they had to work with, I thought they did a really good job. I think if you had maybe one more match 
that was on the caliber of the women's match and the opening tag match. Um, because like the, la- the the main event was good, but it was good because of everything it had going for it. It, it didn't stand out as like a, a, a like mu- a must see match as far as the match itself. It was what it represented. But whereas those two matches, I say those are must watch matches because of the quality. If they had maybe one more match that was on that level, definite A as far as I'm concerned. Over, but yeah, so if you didn't watch it, I say watch it. Um, if either of you guys want to watch it, Wade, Joe, um, I can give you my uh, access to my uh, fight account, and you can watch the replay on fight. It's it's definitely worth your time if you want to watch it. You will not be you will not regret it if you watch it. All right. Well, Wade's giving me the uh, the orange Cassidy thumbs up, which says to me that means it's time to do some plugs. So, Wade, what you got? Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Mint Kandish Productions. And then we have Instagram, Mint Kandish Productions, and Twitter, <clears throat> Mint Kandish MCP. Thank you, Josh Matthews. <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention how Josh Matthews has to crack his voice at the end. It's, it's the Good Brothers! I, you know what? Like I said, I gave Josh a lot of shit, but you know what? Play-by-play-wise, he's good. He's gotten better. He knows his shit now. Um, I personally like it. At least he's showing real emotion. It doesn't feel staged like some commentators. I'm not naming names. Oh, hold on. Before, we, cl- before, um, we, before we continue with the rest of the plugs, I did watch... Uh, I was like, I wonder how, like... I went on New Japan last night, and I was like, I wonder how, like, Kevin Kelly and all of them reacted to Evil Turning. The turn or the turn, the, the turn at the New Japan Cup or yes. the situation at the end of Dominion uh, turn at the end of uh, the cup. OK. Uh, and when he turns and does the two sweet hits, everything is evil. Kevin Kelly is like, oh, God. And, you know, they're doing it at home. Because they show him, he's talking, but it looks like he's walked away from the microphone. <laughs> this is so crap. What? And it, it, was, it was fine to me. Yeah. So I have reason to believe that Kevin Kelly, like, he legit, they legit, like, show him the show after it's done. And, like, so I have two th- schools of thought with his commentary. Either he literally watches the show after it airs, like, they just send it to him, and then he records the commentary. Or he literally just shuts off the internet entirely. Yeah. Because you got to admit, he, he sounds le- he still sounds legit, even when it's recorded. But yeah. I can't wait, so I just watched the Japanese commentary. I would love to know... See, I can't wait for his reaction to Dominion. I can't wait for the Dominion English commentary. It's like, up. Gonna, oh, it is up? Yeah. All right. I, watched, gonna, I watched it. No, no, no. I, no, I, 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 want, I want that reaction, too. And uh, no, What was his reaction to, the, to that? Disappointment. Disappointment. They were like, it's Bushi. I can't believe it's Bushi. And then someone's like, that does not look like Bushi. Bushi's looks a little different. Wait, so Kevin Kelly thought it was Bushi? Yes. Oh they, were play, they were playing off it was Bushi, but then near, but right before the, the, the reveal, they're like, he looks a little different to be Bushi. Oh my god. He was, like, that was not Bushi. Like, <clears throat> I thought it and was then, And then someone, that, that, whoever, whoever the other commentary, whoever the other commentary guy is, he's like, 
Is Get it a British guy? Huh? Is it a British guy? Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Is it a British guy or is it a New Zealand guy? What's the difference? Well, I know it's a difference. Wow. What's the difference between okay, the two guys? Let me put it this way. Was he happy about the turn or was he unhappy about the turn? Unhappy. Okay, then that was Chris Charlton. If he was happy about the turn, it would have been Gino Gambino because he's in Bullet Club. Yeah, it wasn't Gino Gambino. The okay, guys, Chris Charlton. Yeah, there, there, thank you. All you had to say was, are they pro Bullet Club or are they not? Well, yeah, but I wouldn't. But he, they could have. It could have <sighs> also been Rocky Romero as well. It was not Rocky Romero. It definitely was not Rocky Romero. But yeah. Unless Rocky well, Romero has like an accent. I mean, he talks like this. <laughs> the worst Rocky Romero impression. Sorry, Yay! Rocky. I love you. Because words are like bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. Uh, but yeah, so uh, on top of uh, the plugs Wade mentioned, uh, Wade and I also have a band called Meteor King. We're at uh, Bandcamp, meteorking.bandcamp.com. Uh, you can find links to all of our social media there. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Reverb Nation. Uh, you can purchase digital copies of our music. You can get, purchase CDs of it as well. You can get T-shirts, patches, pins, whatever you get, whatever you want. And if you order something physical, you're going to get a sticker. You're either going to get the die-cut Meteor King logo in pink, or you're going to get the Ghoul Patrol uh, mini sticker. Uh, we also have a small run of the anti-police brutality shirts left, so messages if you're interested. If you order one of those, you will get a anti-police brutality sticker as well. We have only a couple sizes left. Uh, I don't know what they are at this point in time, but just know that uh, if you're small, if you're a tiny person, you're more likely to get one than if you're a larger person. I'll put it that way. Um, as far as shows, uh, if you read our social media, you know that we uh, we had to unfortunately cancel all the rest of our shows in 2020. Um, I mean, kind of went without saying. It's the pandemic. It's the Rona. And people don't want to wear masks. So uh, is what it is. Uh, but since we're not going to be able to give you live music, we'll give you new music. We're working on a brand new album. And uh, I'm not saying it's going to be fire, but it's at the very least going to be a sparkler. Joe? We're also on YouTube at youtube.com slash makingdishproductions. Um, we have all kinds of video content, and that is where you will find it. Uh, we have shows like B-Movie Den and Criterion Connection. Uh, they air, you know, Criterion's pretty much weekly. B-Movie Den, I believe, is monthly or bi-monthly. Whatever Gary does it at this point. Yeah. Um, he's insane. He's an insane person. <laughs> and uh, there's also the Mint Condition shorts, which are also on Vimeo at Vimeo.com/slash Mint Productions. Oh, we actually uh, got uh, officially selected for Shockstock uh, Fest. Nice. I got the email uh, three days ago. There you go. So news that Wade did not want to share with us before now. I kind of forgot. <sighs> anyway. You can check out our uh, some our, our, our I guess award-winning, award-nominated shorts uh, at YouTube.com/slash/MakingDishProductions or Vimeo.com/slash/MakingDishProductions. Please hit subscribe, comment on the videos, uh, like the ones you like, and uh, you know the best thing you can do is share them with your friends. Yes. 
All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next time. Until then, I'm Scott the Bot Savage along with... Spade Wade. And... Joe. Reminding you, as always, to keep it clean. To wear a mask. But most importantly, you got to keep changing your facial hair. And keep it... <laughs> in... Condition. Condition. Change your facial hair.